hey (laughs) y'all welcome back welcome back i am just so appreciative of all of the support for my podcast um also the feedback i've been getting the questions i've been getting um the emails and people are really resonating with the things that i'm saying so that um makes me feel great that it does so but i'm gonna jump right into this um the the last couple of podcast episodes i've been talking about um awakening (laughs) awaken yourself becoming self-aware being conscious getting out of the fog today i'm going to talk about owning your part in all of this right we're going to talk about how do you own your part in the patriarchy right and the things that have happened the co-creation of it right um also going to talk about emotional how can i say um being aware of your emotions your painful emotions behind the things you have experienced and actually acknowledging them right we're going to talk about how men are also a part of this toxic patriarchy right um and how they are also impacted as well and then also how you can take your power back and even though things have may have happened to you how do you own your part because that is where your true power lies if you focus on the other person you're never going to get your freedom that person will always have power over you right so we're going to talk about how you can rewrite your own narrative but it starts with a couple of things first right So as women, you know, we often seem fated to follow these cultural mandates, these religious mandates, the the rules of traditional marriages, motherhood and things like that. But we really have the power to rewrite our destiny. It's something that actually lies within us. And this is where our awakening plays a role. So the more you actually acknowledge your painful emotional past, your fog, your disconnection from your life and your body and your integrity and your psychological addictions, the more you're going to be equipped to transcend them or to get over them. So that is step number one when I'm talking about owning your part. You have to face those inner demons or you're not going to be able to slay them so it's only when you actually examine these things one by one that's when you're really going to be able to get your power back so this this my whole podcast is not really about motivating people i'm really focused on having you have an awakening right which is something totally different so until you actually deconstruct how you got to where you are all the motivational words in the world are not going to stick. They're just going to be band-aids. So in order to really have this awakening, you're going to have to go beyond 
the desire to just to be happy, to be motivated or to be have positive emotions, right? Those are great things. But unless you're really willing to do the inner work and to sit in that pain and have those things come up, you're simply going to cycle back and forth between highs and lows. So it's only through our through this radical inner healing that we're going to be able to fully enter a new birth, right? So that first step I mentioned is doing this inner work to go inside of yourself. We always have the instinct to look outward or to look at external people or external things, right? But in order to really dig into this work, you're going to have to extricate yourself from other people, from your culture, from your religion, from your marriage, and not look at these external things. And that could really involve a very painful and arduous process that includes truth and reconciliation. It can include a painful retelling of your stories of abuse, of pain from your current circumstances or in your childhood. And oftentimes it could help to do this in front of the perpetrators, right? Psychologists have talked about that in the past, that that's something that helps the healing process. But we have to honor these these emotions that we have and allow space for our wounds to be witnessed, to be heard, to be retold, recorded, and repaired. But first it begins with a brutal confrontation of your suffering inside of yourself. And if you don't do this part, there's not going to be, you're not going to be able to get to joy. So true healing, it's not about a band-aid, it's not about telling yourself affirmations and positive thoughts. It's going to involve a full-on acknowledgement of your pain first. So if you skip this process, you're going to be like spiritually bypassing, right? Which just means uh avoiding painful emotions in order to give yourself or other people the appearance of spiritual superiority right and when i say spirituality i'm not talking about in a religious sense i'm talking about your internal self so feeling exposed and vulnerable a lot of women feel ashamed to tell people about their inner world they believe that they're the only ones going through these experiences. But if I can give you a dollar for every story <laughs> that I've heard some of my clients say and other women I've talked to, these stories are almost identical to yours. And you will be wealthy, <laughs> right? That's how common and universal our internal experience is. It's the way of our sisterhood. So once we realize our bond, this sorority becomes or can become our fortitude, right? But if we're looking to blame other people for our reality as women, 
we don't really have to look too far. Now, we can easily blame men and the patriarchy. And it's so easy to fall into this pattern of man bashing that I've heard, you know, social media and on internet and videos and different things like that. But if we do it that way, then that's really being misguided. Because when we do it like that and we're male bashing, then we alienate our brothers. Because men are also a part or a parcel and leaders of the patriarchy, even as creators. But this doesn't mean that they're also not at its mercy, at its mercy as well. These patriarchal systems have fermented over eons of time, thousands of years. So a boy growing up today, he's going to feel as impacted positively and negatively by um, this toxic patriarchy as well, just like a girl does. Now, can we say he enjoys more privileges? We can. We, we can say that he, he enjoys more privileges than a woman, right? But my point is, men, not just women, are subjugated by this toxic patriarchy in their own way, too. I would be misguided if I didn't state that I know countless men who feel as if they also have to live behind a facade. They have to hide their tears, their fears, and their sexuality. They have to, you know, put on this, follow this role of provider and protector, despite what their authentic desires may be. They wear this mask of aggression or uh, stoicism, even when they might not want to. So even though I'm going to continue to focus on the female experience, because I'm a female and I've said that before, I really don't want us to forget that we're not the only ones enslaved in this toxic patriarchy. That's the way of a toxic system. That's why it's toxic. Everybody suffers. And when somebody is inauthentic, everybody loses. For the man and for the woman, right? And in the same sense, when someone breaks free from this, we learn that everyone has the capacity to also break free from it. So the awakened woman doesn't understand what her plight is in order to be moaned or to feel victimized by it. She has to take into consideration all elements of her situation. In fact, at times, she honors how she is a beneficiary of the patriarchy also. So for example, you know, women are not expected to do the menial heavy duty manual jobs that men are expected to do right what do we say to our husbands hey take trash out is your job go fix the car <laughs> right do all these different things uh women and children are always told to escape a dangerous situation first well they say get the women and children out right and it also men are more expected to fight in wars than we are you know, men are drafted first, right? So in these ways, women do enjoy certain privileges that men don't. So this definitely is something that needs to be considered as well. 
So protesting against culture or the patriarchy, it may feel like a relief on one level, but doing it that way really ensnares us, right? Whenever we feel like our cure to something is bound to somebody else, even if we feel like it's justified, then that means that we're going to stay enslaved by this person or system also. You know, to really get true freedom, it has nothing to do with the other person. And the sooner you realize that, you begin to march on your path alone. And this may feel impossible at first, but it really isn't, right? It just requires this huge awakening, inner awakening. So wise people know very well that there's never solely one side to any issue, right? Both men and women create, maintain, and perpetrate the failures of the other. You know, as women, we are co-creators of the system that has subjugated us as much as we are the pawns in this toxic patriarchy, our religion. So part of our being in this mess is because we contribute to its continuance. So before, for us to be able to really achieve a state of inner freedom, we first have to acknowledge our part in the patriarchy. Now, unless we do this, we're going to continue to focus on only one side of the issue, which is what men have done to us, right? That's what we're thinking about. And while it's true, right, that men have indeed done much against women, history will tell you that, right, and show you that, such as uh, violating our freedoms, abusing our bodies, objectifying us. But it hasn't been entirely without our co-participation, right? We need to educate our fathers, our brothers, our sons about what their ancestral legacy in the past or presently holds in terms of being a male. But we can do that, but this is not where our true and ultimate transformation lies. It begins with this question. What have I done to myself? How have I internalized this external perpetration and created an inner abuser inside of me? Think about that. This is what a conscious uprising looks like, right? It will make the oppressor irrelevant. It asks you, the oppressed, to look at the ways you have participated in this perpetuation of your own subjugation by asking, how can I end the ways that I am supporting my own degradation? How can I look within myself for solutions to my disempowerment? It makes me think about, you know, um, so many women will stay in dysfunctional relationships, whether it's domestic abuse, domestic uh, abuse, financial abuse even, because they keep waiting for the other person to change, for the husband to change. And so your happiness will swing like a pendulum, right? Because you're forever dependent on another person. 
think about this, for example, let's say um, husband and wife, they're married, they have kids, but this man is abusive physically. And she doesn't have her own income. So as women, the first thing in a situation like that, you're thinking the safety of your kids. If I did leave, I don't have income to support my kids. Where are we going to live? What are they going to eat? How will I put a roof over their head? Because you are disempowered because you have no income of your own. You're reliant on this person. How do you get your power back? Right? It may sound as simple as my own personal philosophy on this now. <laughs> you should always have the, the ability to take care of your own self financially, point blank period, man or woman. You are an individual human being. You are responsible for you. But in a situation like that, now you are disempowered. You don't have any income, so you're stuck. Whose fault is that? Right? Obviously, I can go so many directions with that, but this is just like a general thing, right? Because there's so many layers to domestic abuse, financial abuse. I get that. I am not discrediting anybody's experience, right? But this is why couples are often miserable in their marriage for decades or why people stay, in addict, stay addicted to drugs, perhaps. Is because somewhere deep down, they haven't taken full responsibility for their own dysfunctional participation in the dynamic or the circumstances. You have given your power to somebody else. And in some this magical fashion fairy tale, you're waiting for this Prince Charming, right, to come. Only when you realize he or she isn't coming, do you awaken to your own inner liberator? There's a quote that says, nobody is coming to save you. <laughs> I have a, a friend that, you know, reminded me that the other day, right? How many people do you know in your life right now, and maybe this is you too, where they live like, like a yo-yo? They go back and forth constantly. And the prime reason they stay in this way is because they're fully convinced that it's the other person that is the problem. <laughs> he, 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 he. And they're pointing fingers at the other person. But this yo-yo isn't between ourselves and the other person. We, we think that this yo-yo is between our love and our hate for the other person or our uh, desperate need and desperate loathing for the other person, but it isn't. This yo-yo is really between the love and hate for your own missing parts. You are waiting for yourself. So only after you do work on yourself, then the yo-yo and all the back and forth will become still. So once you really, really, really <laughs> understand that the problem and the solution is within you, 
that's when your process change begins. That's the sweet spot because that's where your power is. You have all the control then, but you have to believe that. I can't just tell you that and you're going to act on it. That's not how it works. But that's the missing piece. That's the key ingredient. Without this part, even if the other person does change, you're still rendering yourself beholden to their change, right? So when you see yourself as your own enslaver, you can create a path towards your liberation and your freedom. So full emancipation first is going to begin in your own mind, independent of this other person. Please get this other person out of your head. You have to release all the external attachments and tethers. And when you do that, you're going to be able to unbridle your own inner power and free yourself and become unapologetically self-autonomous. So as women, we need to rewrite our narrative. We have to examine our entire conditioning so we can undo the damage of centuries of patriarchal toxicity and religious toxicity if you were in a religion, right? It is in our full and bold acknowledgement of uh, sexism that women need to rise up and ask, how do we perpetuate this paradigm? The lion of this toxic patriarchy is fed on a diet of female servility. Now, while we can bemoan and groan the lion's predation, right? A wise person will understand that, but this approach is futile. True wisdom is going to arise when you ask how this servility is perpetrated by the woman who allows herself to be internally vanquished. Turning the focus away from how the toxic patriarchy created servility to how the woman or this servile woman created her own bondage that's the only way to break free how could somebody subjugate you on the outside and we don't allow it somewhere first on the inside dominance by a man involves submission by a woman now let me be clear again i did not say that we ask for the submission or we condone it or anything like that uh, if a man is physically putting his hands on you, right? But what I'm saying is that we are involved in the forces that keep these dynamics strong. As a woman, I am well aware <laughs> of how a man can overwhelm and overpower me just with his size alone or his voice alone without caring about anything. <laughs> about me no matter how mentally strong i am if a man is physically subduing me there's nothing i could probably do about it right i get that but 
I also know that if I just solely focus on the demise of uh, abusive male dominance, that's foolish. And then I'm going to be waiting forever for my transformation or my liberation. So the truth is this, is only when we women end our silence, join together as one and raise ourselves into the powerhouses that we truly are, that's when we're going to end our part in this dynamic and transcend the, from the clutches of this toxic patriarchy we live in. And so the type of power that I'm referring to, this is something that rises from deep within you, from your blood, your sweat, your tears. It's from that underbelly of your deepest suffering that you're going to free yourself from the chains and you will do this one link at a time. Some people may not agree when I talk about you being the co-creator <laughs> in uh, the situation that you're in or the things that you're going through. But what I mean by you're the co-creator or only your part is to understand that co-creation means to audaciously own our part in a dynamic, whether by commission or omission. So what I'm inviting you to do as a woman is to own your part in the dynamic so that the wheels of change can begin to turn toward your freedom. So if you are listening to me and you feel some, some resistance, maybe some of the things that I'm saying, I want to invite you to notice those feelings and write them down, journal about what is actually coming up for you. What are the what are the emotions? What are the thoughts? But keep going with me. My, my vision is going to get clearer and clearer as I go through different parts of the podcast, right? So I'm not anti-woman. I'm not anti-man. So the ground that I personally stand on is neutral. Because I know that it's only when both sexes are held in equal esteem with compassion and understanding on both sides that's when the lasting harmony is going to arise as a woman and i can't speak for all women but as a woman i don't want to be equal to a man we're different i can't do the things he can do he can't do the things that i can do if i want to have a baby i need him to give me his sperm so i can have a baby vice versa but it's different you can't even compare the two things i'll call it different equals uh, but as a woman i think what i would like and what other women would want is that we don't want to be equal or even superior we just want you to remove the inferiority part from us right I had a friend of mine that called me one day and she said that she was going to start therapy. I was happy for her. I knew what her situation was and know that it is, was something that uh, she can use some help with, right? Because she'd been suffering in this marriage for years. But what she said to me was, I'm, I, I think I'm ready to, to do some therapy. And she said, I need my therapist to teach me 
how to deal with my narcissistic husband. <laughs> she said, I need the tools on how to talk to this man. So Mara could say, yes, she needed the tools, right? But I reminded her, I said, hey, at the end of the day, this has nothing to do with him. You think this is about him. This is all about you and how you attracted him into your life and how you kept him engaged in this cycle of dysfunction. But if you focus on him, you're going to lose. You have to focus on your inner void. Since this is what keeps this dynamic alive. She got angry with me. But then she, she shook her head and she started thinking. She said, you know what? You're right. It has nothing to do with him. I'm going to keep repeating the, the same pattern, attracting the same, uh, attract another narcissist into my life unless I understand my patterns. So when I'm talking to other people, a lot of times I hear blame. So kind of in this weird way, I think we derive uh, comfort from someone else being the one who created our situation. Yet, but the more we blame another, the more we abdicate our power and they take the power from us. We reduce our own power when we believe ourselves so fragile as to be broken by somebody else. No one can break us unless we actually give them this privilege to do so. So think of a, just my own personal example of my um, traditional marriage that I was in with my husband, which is, we now call a partnership instead of a marriage. Um, I felt like, and you, and you know, I had, we were in this religion and everything. I talked about that in the past, but as we kind of came out of that, you know, and transitioned into a life of our own design, you know, I was still kind of stuck in that same traditional thinking for a minute. Um, and I would, maybe I would want to do something and I'm like, oh, well, I need to ask him. I have to run it by him. He has to okay it. And if he wasn't in agreement, then I feel sad and I feel trapped. And I'm like, damn, you know? And then I realized through my self-discovery journey that this isn't about him. He, this man is not keeping me in bondage, <laughs> right? He doesn't have the power like I think that he has and in fact my husband is not even like that <laughs> he's a very loving caring person so when i finally started to exercise my own power and make my own choices he was able to fall in line with that me exerting that one because he loved me and for two, he also was a victim of the toxic patriarchy. And so he also had his own awakening and wanted to do things differently himself. All right, so we were able to come in that journey together. But in my mind, I felt like he was the issue. And he never was. And even when we talk about it, he's like, babe, I never, that was never my intention to make you feel powerless or 
any of those things. But in my own head, <laughs> I conjured all that up in my own head, right? Just a way that we kind of keep ourselves in these chains too. So when I say own your part, awaken yourself and look at you. Don't look at him, the spouse or the partner, right? Or, or even the, you know, some people have situations with their parents where they feel like their parents, their mother or their father is exercising this control over them. The same process applies there, even with kids, right? If your life is not the way that you want it to be, you have to take a hard look at you, not your circumstances. You can have two people in the same circumstance and get two different results. Why is that? So for example, let's say there were two women that were in a car accident. They both were paralyzed from the waist down. It's a very tragic thing to happen, right? But one woman decides to have the woe is me, victim mentality. She's angry. She can't do the things that she used to do. And she wallows in the pity of this, right? People don't want to be around her anymore. Her energy shifts. She's moody. <laughs> and you may say she has a very real uh, right to feel all these things. And I'm not saying that she shouldn't feel those emotions. But eventually, there should come a time where you have to make a shift. So take another woman, same situation, paralyzed from the waist down, and she does go through the emotions the sad and negative emotions but she decides that she does not want to continue in emotional suffering so she makes a choice and she says well i am now going to since i can't do these things what can i do i actually would like to talk to other women who are also in a similar situation as me to motivate them to uplift them to show them an example of what's possible even though their circumstances are like this. This woman created an entire business and is making money and is living life and enjoying the life that she has. And she's not focused on what she can't do anymore. So, but what was different between these two women? They still have the same circumstances. The only thing that changed was their thinking. You are the common denominator in every circumstance or situation. So only you have the power to shift that, and it, but it only can start with the inner work that you do on yourself. And some people are afraid to sit in that work and to do that. It's not easy, but it's so worth it. <laughs> I promise you, it's so worth it. And you will get to live a life in love, joy, an abundance of love, joy, freedom, friendships, sexual freedom, whatever the things are that you want, right? Only, But only if you're willing to do that work inside of yourself will you be able to get there with that. So thank you guys again. Oh, that's all I got in me for today. <laughs> 
Uh, again, I appreciate all the love, the feedback. Uh, please uh, rate the, the, the podcast, share it with the entire world if you can. And especially for people who are really in need of the things that I'm talking about. Um, send me emails if you have questions. Uh, hit me up on Instagram at unlock.thekeys. My website is uh, untamedawakening.com. Uh, I do coaching for women one-on-one. So if you are feeling stuck, maybe you're listening to my podcast and you are resonating with the things I'm saying, but you feel like you need a little hand-holding, a little support, somebody who has uh, walked this path in his journey themselves and somebody who can be empathetic and understanding without judgment. I am your person. Send me an email. Um, but yeah, so again, until next time.